Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Totally Uncalled For. I'm your boy, Jack, and as always, I got my co-host, Dan, mm-hmm. with me. Let me go up. And tonight, I brought on a very, very special guest with us. He's our boyfriend zone. Everybody give it up. Matty Ice. Ice. Here we go, baby. Clap it up. Clap it up. Mm-hmm. Matt, a long-time listener. Thank you for coming on. I never Thank thought I'd see the day, boys. Thanks for uh, having me. We, you know, you know, uh, the day was a long time coming, that is for sure. Uh, Dinger, I know you were very excited when I said that we were going to bring um, – Matt on the show, and uh, it was for good reason. You know, it's Masters. Oh, Monday. yeah. It's very One exciting. of the best weeks very of the year. Stuff. Exactly, exactly. This week is packed. We got um, the Masters this week. We have the uh, Men's March Madness National Championship the tonight. Start of the, NBA, uh, the start of the NBA playoffs, the end of the week? NBA regular season, start of the NHL playoffs. We got the, we got the Champions League NHL quarterfinal playoffs. where Adon the God is going to be giving us some locks throughout the week. Oh, I will be. Sh- yep. A Don Seven We will be retweeting all of his mm-hmm. picks for the Champions League on the Totally Uncalled yep. for Twitter. Make sure you guys follow at Tuf Podcast. Yep, we follow this guy blind on his soccer picks, so I think we will definitely be posting his yes, on our Twitter. Yes, God, right I, I miss I miss those World Cup days, man. What a run that was. Yeah. We the were, man was we, incredible, incredible. We so special shout out scores, to him. Man of the match. We were hitting underdogs. We were hitting everything. Yeah. You know, he had, he, those props are usually like suckers bets, in my opinion. And he was just hitting them bet after bet after bet. It was incredible. And uh, I was honestly on the sidelines for those because, again, I had a <laughs> shitty wager castle. And uh, shout out to <laughs> shout out <laughs> to our sponsors. But um, – but uh, yeah, so that was that was great. So Matt, we use you as our betting insider, and you know for good reason we have you on with the Masters and a lot of other things. But uh, we're we're, we're going to start off with talks about our water bracket, something that you cannot gamble on, Matt. So you're going to have to uh, sit on your hands for a little bit and try to relax while Dinger goes into detail about his final four. Okay, Dinger, so the floor is yours. For our what we first got? matchup, we had Dasani versus Nestle Pierre. Nestle Pure won, no surprise there. Nestle Pure versus Dasani, dude. Down with Dasani. Down with Dasani. Yep. Down with Dasani. Our second matchup, we had a four versus five matchup. We had Aquafina versus the coveted 44-ounce Wawa Water. This one was the biggest landslide of the matchup. Mm -hmm. Wawa 44-ounce just completely decimated the Aquafina. And, you know, in true and good fashion, we have a good old one-versus-four matchup. The number one seed, Nestle Pure Life, versus the number four seed. Trying to play underdog, trying to be the underdog of this fucking bracket. We got the 44-ounce wall of water. Okay. Wow. Dinger, wait, isn't this kind of similar to the real March they're, Madness? They're, what is so Texas, Texas Tech, Tech is a three-seed, three but honestly, I, but honestly we're, wow. we need to get into our actual March Madness for the end of the pod. I was just saying it would have been it would have been ironic if the one seed playing the like the four seed in the water bracket, same yep. as in real life in March Madness. So I was going to make the comparison, and then, but I'm wrong. And so then, go on. Go now on. Sorry. we had then our next matchup. We had Hosewater versus 
Public Spring Water. This one was actually a pretty close matchup. I believe it was 60-40 in favor of the Public Spring Water. So the Public Spring Water moved on. And then lastly, for our last matchup, we had Flint, Michigan Tap Water versus the good old Zephyr Hills. And Zephyr Hills won by a landslide in this one. Um, Zephyr Hills is looking like they're chugging along as well. So we have a two versus three matchup. All the top four seeds won. All the favorites won in this matchup. So we have on the top, we have the Wawa Water, the underdog, the gritty underdog, the free ice cold water versus the number one seed in Nestle Pure Life, Jack's favorite water. Who's going to win? Tune in to Totally Uncalled for Instagram to vote and choose your favorite water. And then at the bottom of the bracket, we have the number two seed. And versus the number three seed, we got the public spring life water versus Zephyr Hills. Two South Florida and Florida and South in general staples in the household during the hurricane. If you know what I'm saying for my dogs down in South Florida or Florida in general. And we got them two v first three. Who will win? Like I said, go to Totally Uncalled for at QF Podcast Instagram to vote and choose your favorite water. Wow. Dinger, uh, it is safe to say that you are very passionate about your water. Uh, you honestly made me thirsty. Yeah, I kind of want to go on a vote right now. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, for real. So we're going to get that up on the Skype during, during, the, uh, during the episode just because of Dinger's motivation right there. But uh, uh, let's reel it Hold in. Hold on, one more now. thing. One uh, more thing that I think you back. guys would appreciate on that note. So, being 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 the numbers guy and the stats guy, I thought I'd drop a little number for you. So, so oh, you guys okay. know the pH scale, right? Between you know that that shows acid versus alkaline, and yeah. you might have failed chemistry back in the day, yes. but you know you know what I'm talking about. They're on a number scale, exactly. right? Exactly. Like right. pH to <laughs> so, so so really pure and... good drinking water usually falls around the seven to eight. On the pH scale, do you know what Dasani is on the pH scale? A nine. A nine. Say no. A nine wouldn't be. A nine wouldn't even be that bad. Dasani is a four. And do you want to know what a four is on the pH yes. scale? That means they're fucking. That basic. means it's acidic. It is equivalent to tomato juice or acid rain on the acidity scale. Do you know, How about that? Do you know. Wow. You, you, that is a. F- wow. I can't wow. believe they sell this Dinger fast on the show. But no, yeah, man, I completely agree. Like I said on this podcast before, it must be the nickel that they put in every bottle of Dasani. You know, they just shred up a nickel and puree it and somehow make it clear and fit into the water. You know, so it, it, I think it must be that nickel. So um, th- that's that's good to know. I mean, well, Matt, I, Matt, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt, Jack, but Matt apparently had some problems with this water bracket that all of his fancy, fancy more water wasn't included. In the podcast bracket, because oh, because Matt is so much better than everybody and spends seventeen dollars on a bottle of water. One, what this Matt? What do you I got to say? One thing: smart water is the best water, and that's just facts. You can't, there's no denying that. You know, it, you know the same company that makes smart water makes Dasani. Right, but Dasani is the water for the broke poor people. Smart water is the rich person. Water that helps you thrive and succeed and just live a good life, and that's where I'm at. And when every when every time I fly, every time I see it, whether it's a dollar more, a dollar fifty more, two dollars more, I'm buying that bottle. It feels good in your hand. It's a great shape. It just quenches your thirst. It's perfect. Are you saying that because it resembles the shape of a cock? Um, no, I'm not. If that's it has your, that little if that's red your argument, 
has that little red rocket tip at the top. I know that's nope. that, I know Matt enjoys that. Mm-hmm. No, I think you're think I think you're thinking of a different kind of water, but uh, we'll go with it. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you have. Your, I'll let you have your spot. Maybe. I, All right. I actually agree with you though, Matt, because I, I in in some ways, uh, I do think Smart Water deserved a spot on the uh, on the list. Maybe over the likes of maybe Michigan. Uh, I just wanted to water. see what the people thought. Um, you know, it, it goes back to the whole price to bank ratio discussion. You know. You know- you know what, Matt? Yeah, that, Matt, that is Matt, You know That's what? I, I felt That's it. I felt it necessary that the Flint, Michigan water tap water being rated higher than Dasani was very fitting. In that, it, anything is better than Dasani, even salt water, because one, like you said before, <laughs> you are drinking acid when you are drinking Dasani. You are ruining your intestines. You are killing yourself. You are giving yourself stomach ulcers when you drink Dasani water. So. I needed to make that known that Flint Michigan tap water is better than Dasani. And, you know, I think the viewers got it. Flint Michigan tap water got some votes. It got some votes. I mean, it wasn't really close to winning, but it got a few votes. Whether that was for a few chuckles or maybe somebody just didn't like the water it was paired up against. But, you know, the, the list goes on, and we got our four finalists available and ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Matt – you know, sometimes like the the very low tier schools make the bracket. Same thing with the water. You know, so we had some disgusting water make our bracket, but they come from a uh, a weaker division, and they get the one person that comes from that division to get their way into the dance. And by golly, yeah. they made it. So I, I, that's just the way it goes, folks. That's I, I it hear goes. you. You know, some people like acid water. You know, not 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 everyone has yeah. correct taste buds like myself yeah. and yourself. Well, well, and you know, well, yes. you know how our palate yeah. is just well, you our palate is just like more so developed yeah. than the average human correct. being, Matt. And I believe I agree. I agree. And well. you know, you know, just like shitty water leaves a bad taste in your mouth, something else left a bad taste in my mouth this week. Why don't you tell the viewers what it was, Jack? Yeah, dang, that's a great, great transition there. I appreciate that because I was going to say the same thing about Antonio oh, give Brown. give me a fucking break. What is shit? Fuck the Raiders. Oh, my God. Antonio Brown has officially been canceled. He is no longer relevant in my eyes in the NFL. Dinger, I think you agree. Um, this guy is just a bitch. This guy's just a bitch. Can- can- um, cancel him. Let him drop um, into the late first round of my drafts, and I'm just going to eat him up. I'm going to get all the Antonio Brown exposure possible. All right. Hey, well, hey mean... listen, if you're going to be the villain, be the fucking villain. And that's the role that he's played. And he's doing a fantastic job. No, nah, but he doesn't think he's some villain. He thinks he's some like, like glory boy, the best in the world, which I've, I've been on the record on this podcast saying he's great, but he's just been taking this way too far. Dinger. I know you have some very, very, Select thoughts oh. on the case. Let, let's oh. hear. Okay. Tell me what's okay. going on. First. Okay. What's going so on? So Antonio Brown, out of nowhere, just like the fucking salt that out of the fucking ocean, literally like a fat fucking room full of goddamn salt. Antonio Brown could not get enough goddamn salt. He's he. So Juju Smith won the player for the Pittsburgh Steelers. What a great story. Who doesn't love Juju? Player the player of the year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who doesn't love Juju? His joyfulness running around in his fucking pads on the USC campus, trying to further and finish his own education. You know, out trick-or-treating on Halloween is Juju, throwing passes with fans in the streets of Pittsburgh, not even having his license in biking to get to goddamn work. 
on time every day and he gets his bike stolen. He's just the epitome of what you want in a football player. He's a great human being. He's great with the fans. He's great on social media. He's fun. He's loving. And he's a fucking baller on the field, as evidenced by his great season that he had this year. And Antonio Brown had the audacity to call him out and say that the reason why they didn't make the playoffs was because Juju Smith had some fumble. Okay, yes, everybody fucking fumbles. But you don't need to be salty because you know what? They use even a message that – Actually, I'm going to get to that a little bit later. So then, Antonio, so then Juju says, I was actually happy for when Antonio Brown went to the Raiders and got his money and got his way. And, you know, just, just, the, just the type of guy that Juju is, just learning and honing his crap with the words of advice from a great player on the field, Antonio Brown. You know, he, he is a grinder off the field. Like, he works his ass off in practice to be one of the best that he is. I'm not taking any of his actual playing ability out of the way. But he just, just Juju is like, I'm happy, but this just goes to show you what can happen to somebody's ego. Nothing bad. Didn't even trash Antonio Brown. Just said, it's sad to see that somebody who I loved and admired and respected so much as a person had to come and fucking shit on me. And then, and then Antonio Brown just the biggest tick thing ever. He posts another thing back, which was a DM of Juju when he was, I don't know how old he was, but he was in fucking as you wide receiver at USC and he shoots him a DM and says, Hey, I'm a wide receiver. I'm paraphrasing this by the way. Hey, I'm a wide receiver at USC. I admire your game. and I look up to your game. Do you have any pointers or any tips or tricks that you can give me as I want to be the best at what I can be always learning, always striving. That's what you want in a player. I want Juju on my fucking team. I want him in my fucking court. You know who I don't want? Antonio Brown. Because once the going gets tough, once John Gruden loses a few games of some bad play calls, or Derek Carr starts throwing a few interceptions and not targeting Antonio Brown 75% of the goddamn time, Antonio Brown's going to be like, oh, blah, 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 fucking Snapchatting and fucking Instagram live in the locker room saying how he's unhappy and how he's not getting the ball enough. He's just a fucking cancer that just kills everything he fucking touches. So, yes, the Raiders are going to have a fucking losing season this year. Yes, do they have a lot of good pieces to go around? Yes, they do, but they are going to be fucked from the inside, from the cancer that is Antonio Brown. There's nothing, there is nothing that the Raiders can do to salvage their entire season because of this fucking morphous, plumphous cancer, fucking egotistical motherfucker that is Antonio Brown. Too many big words for your brain. Take it easy here. Let's slow the roll, dang. It's a lot of big words. We're going to have an overload. But, 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 oh but here's God. my take. You're going to tell me just because the guy sends a couple of questionable tweets that all of a sudden the Raiders and Antonio Brown season's just going to be way worse than it was supposed to be a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I actually have the exact opposite take on this. I think that Antonio Brown for the first time in years is fired up. He's fueled. He's motivated. I want to know what Juju was a teammate in the past, fine, but now he's an enemy. They're on the opposite sides of the field. I want to know what – do I think what he said was all nice and fun and, and good spirit? Probably not, but the world ain't sunshine and roses, baby. You got you to gotta deal with some of this shit sometimes. And, you know, like I said, I think that he's fueled, he's fired up, he's got a good relationship with Derek Carr going. I think they got a lot of good pieces in place, and I have no doubt in my mind that A.B. will be a top three receiver again this season like he's been the past five seasons. <laughs> And <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Top three, really? my fucking asshole. He'll be a top eight receiver if he's fucking lucky. Really? Top eight? Yes. Uh, Fact. Antonio oh Brown my. will be struggling to be a top eight wide receiver in the NFL. 
this and, year. And, what, and, and what's your basis for that statement? There's a bunch of young, hungry guys going up. Juju being one of them. You got fucking Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs on the other side. Oh Antonio Brown God. is getting fucking old. He's getting old. He doesn't have a Hall of Fame quarterback throwing him ball anymore. He doesn't have one of the best He's got a life protecting his quarterback in the NFL at this time. The Steelers have a super underrated offensive line. And Big Ben with his ability to run around and create, Derek Card is scared in the pocket. He can't handle the pressure. He can't handle the pressure. Derek Carr... Their car is a baby back bitch. Maybe he'll get his fucking swagger back. Maybe he'll go back to Derek Carr of three years ago where he was slinging the oh, fucking rock before oh, that will. back injury. But you know what? Last year he showed he's scared to step on that pocket and take that fucking hit. As big of a bitch as Big Ben is, he was never afraid to get hit. He'd hold on to the ball too long at some times. But Derek Carr is like, I don't think. Eh! So I'm throwing my fucking jewel like a little bitch because this fucking water bottle is getting too close to my fucking pocket. Hey, nobody, I don't think I don't think anyone would say Big Ben's a little bitch. He's just a rapist, but that's a completely different discussion. Either way, Derek Carr and AB work perfectly because AB has one of the quickest releases off the line in the league, and Derek Carr has the fastest release as a quarterback. So you throw him on a five-yard slant, a 10-yard out, he he has all the time in the world to throw those balls. The deep ball, Wanda, what? Sure, you want to talk about time in the pocket throw. That's a different scenario, but we've beefed up the offensive line, and I think the time that they'll have together to get the rapport going – Gruden's got a year of the offense under his belt. They'll get clicking. And if you think that AB's anything outside of a top three receiver, it's just a simply non-factual. Was he statement. was he a top three? Was truth. he a top yeah, was he a top three <laughs> receiver last year? Absolutely. He had the most most uh yards in the league, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. If he definitely whoa, had the most. Whoa, whoa, Julio Jones ran away with the yards Sorry. in the league. DeAndre Hopkins was, was two. Antonio Brown led the league in touchdowns. Get your fucking facts right. You're an Antonio Brown guy now, you motherfucker. I correct correct myself. (laughs) A.B. had the most points in half-point PPR leagues in fantasy. He was the number one receiver. That was Oh, wow. Oh, we're talking fantasy now. Okay. Okay. Fantasy. Fantasy world. We're in a fantasy world now. Oh, it's me, Matt. I'm in a fantasy land. A.B., number one (laughs) overall pick. Let's go Raiders. Yeah. No, I mean, hey, you wouldn't believe me. I took Hopkins over AB last year, and I'd do the same thing again this year. But that being said, I still think he's yeah. a top three receiver, and, and that's where I'm at. I think mm. Juju will have a better wow. season than Antonio Brown this year. All right, hit, hit, my, hit my line. Well, we'll you, talk numbers. You, you obviously think that they're similar in talent, Dinger, and that Big Ben is much better than Derek Carr. So Juju I think that's is the guy like, now. It, Juju already, is the guy now. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I I agree. He's going to have a great season, but is he going to be yes. better than Antonio Bad. Brown this season? That, I mean, Bad. dude, uh, I don't, I don't think, I don't, I, don't know, think he, I don't think he can handle the number one role. He just got bodied by AB on social media, and his response was he just, got bodied by AB. AB yeah. just came out looking like a fucking douchebag. Everybody is feeling for Juju. Everybody is in Juju's quarter now. Everybody is hey. like, oh, wants to distance himself. Far from the room. Antonio Brown right now is like the fat kid in class who farts all the time, sitting in the goddamn corner with nobody wanting to get within five feet of him. Where does sympathy get you in life? It gets you nowhere. So they could be sad and everything they want for Juju, but is he going to get out on the field? And you know, It's motivation. It's added motivation. Juju's like, I'm going to work my ass off and use everything that AB taught me to be the better receiver than he is. I'm not old. I'm not washed up. I'm taking the hits that he has. I'm going to go out there and grind, 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 motherfucker. Grind. 
hey, I hope he does well. Um, I, I don't – like you said before, I don't think you can dislike the guy. So, I hope he has a good season, but not as good as A.B., and, and that's that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's safe to say that I'm on Matt's side with that. But, A.B., you're a bitch. I don't like you at all anymore. Um, Juju is really taking the high road, and that's respectable. And I'm really going to be pulling for Juju next year to outplay A.B., and it doesn't hurt that uh, AB is now on the um, the Oakland Raiders, who we all have a great time hating on. So uh, I wish you the worst, Antonio Brown. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, let's let's move on from that, though. Let's bring let, let's bring us over to the Masters oh, talk. Thank we God. really brought Matt on here for. Uh, now, Dinger, this is not our time to debate with Matt. This is our time to learn because this man has the Masters down on lock. Matt, I have, I have one thing to say before Matt goes, and we just don't we don't need to hear Dinger's voice anymore. You know, the Masters is a great time. You know, it's Thursday, it's work, okay. it's seven a.m. You pull up one of your three screens that you have, you open your laptop, and in a nice cooling voice, you hear Jim Nance over your ear in a soft, nice tone of voice. And you know, the Masters is full of tradition. It's full of greatness. You know, it's definitely the best golf tournament that we have out there. And, you know, I'm super excited to be watching it. And, you know, honestly, my favorite tradition of the Masters is John Daly. John Daly, every Masters, hunkers up in Hooters and just signs autographs. Signs titties. Yes, he does. Signs asses. You know, yes, it's, he does. One of the great, it's one of the great traditions that the Masters has. It's John Daly signing autographs at Hooters. And, you know, that's my favorite tradition, actually, personally. Um, Matt, what is your favorite tradition? God, that's a that's a great point, Dinger. One day I would just love to go grab a beer, rip a cig with this guy in the Hooters, and just talk about life. I think he'd have some good life lessons. Um, no, but one Definitely. of my favorite traditions, one of my favorite traditions of uh, the Masters is actually is actually before the Masters. Uh, it's the par three contest on Wednesday. Oh, very which, nice. Uh, very nice. Which last last year we saw Tony Finau, you know, hit a hole in one and run down the fairway and break his ankle so that was break that, his that's ankle. a fun memory but um no but yeah, it's a great moment you already it's a great moment you get you get the, the the wives going caddy for the husbands and they get their kids out there everyone in, in the white jumpsuits and it's just it's just a beautiful event it's a beautiful vibe and really gets uh the week off to a good start so uh i think that's my favorite tradition jack yeah. jack what is that's your favorite tradition that's uh, <laughs> my favorite tradition for the Masters, I would say, uh, you know me, I like to eat, I like to drink. Uh, their their concession stands with them cheap ass prices on the pimento cheese sandwich. I, I have yet to have one, and I yeah. gotta try one of them pimento cheeses, guy. Uh, and then like the the cheap beer, you know, that's good for me. You know, I can have a lot of them boys, put them pops away. So, uh, I, I, you definitely find me at the uh, um. At, at the it, snack bar over there, and yeah, some I can't wait cheese. till uh, one day one of us wins the lottery and uh, spends about one hundred and sixty thousand dollars on tickets for the squad for the week. You know, just all drink some beers and vibe out with the boys. Get a nice house um, in the Masters area. You know, be able to walk to the tournament, walk on the green, see the greens, see the beautiful lusciousness that is the Masters and is Augusta. You know, um, I'm just really looking forward to this whole week. So um, without further ado, Matt, I would like to hear Matt. Sorry, guys. I'm, 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 it's the Masters. It's, it, it, 
<laughs> sorry. Sorry. Wait, All right, no, no, no. Wait, 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 wait. I, I, I just want to let the fans know that, you know, you're not getting the typical dinger when we're talking about the Masters, such a respectful event, you know. Um, I was going to give you guys – it sounds like you're talking from the you know, course, honestly. Like, like you got one of the gut, like the, the line judges or whatever they call them, with the fucking signs that say "quiet, please." And look, it sounds like you're you're like talking on the golf course. To be <laughs> honest, really yes, funny. I'm in my master voice. And without further ado, Matt is going to bless us with his pick for the week. Thank you, Matt. Wow, thanks for that beautiful <laughs> introduction, Dinger. And that was and beautiful. before we get that started, was. if any of you tough guys out there and. Uh, in the cloud listening in have uh, any plugs for the masters to get some tickets, whether it be practice rounds, full rounds, please give uh, my, my good friends Dinger and Jack a, uh, a message because I think that would just be a fantastic, fantastic thing for you to do. So it would be incredible. It would be wow. quite incredible. I appreciate you saying that. Of course. It'd be so, so, Mm-hmm. So without further ado, let's uh, let's jump into the Masters. Yes, yes. So yes. here we are, Augusta National Golf Club, one of the most quintessential courses in the world. It's the most known course in the world, and and arguably one of the most well kept courses in the world. They only have three hundred members that are actually members there, and it's you just can't walk on to play. You have to be somebody who knows somebody who knows somebody. So. So this co- the course this week mm-hmm. we're playing about seventy four hundred yards par seventy two, so Very this nice. course is lengthier Very than nice. most. Normally, normally on tour mm-hmm. we're we're looking in the seventy two to seventy three hundred mm-hmm. range. This week we're playing a little bit longer. We have. What did you say it was? No, 74. 70, 70, 7400 yards. That is nice. That's okay. a but, level distance. You know when you throw in when you throw in all the undulation and the smaller than average greens and. And the tough putting surfaces, that 7,400 could really play more like a 75 or 7,600 if you're not sharp with your, with your irons. Wow. Uh, Very nice. This, the field this week also is only 86 players compared to your average field of 170. And out of those 86, wow. 50 will make the cut. So if you put the, that in perspective, a lot of guys are going to get through the cut. And even furthermore, amateurs and past winners of the event also get it. So you probably have about 10 to 15 guys who – or 60 or 15 years old and probably you're just going to choke or don't care and shoot 18 over day one. So if you're, if you're a good golfer, you're making it through the cut. So this is really a no cut event and you're going to see the best of the best duking it out four straight days. So really looking forward to it. One thing. Yeah, this is honestly like the fucking culmination of the entire golf season like everyone is looking forward to this weekend the entire year no you're absolutely right jack and and the best part about the masters it really kicks off the golf swing because everybody's getting out of march madness mode in the nfl and the masters really kickstarts golf and you get in to you know you have the players was earlier this year but you have the masters and then the open and all the summer swing tournaments and one of my favorites is the rbc heritage in hilton head which is the week after this and you get a lot of good ones rolling up Mm mm-hmm yeah, because fuck baseball, right? I mean, the start of the baseball season really doesn't matter. I mean, so. I mean we do right. have – I mean, right, we have this. Blast Pro Series, Counter-Strike in Miami this weekend. But other than that, I couldn't think of any other events really going on. Did you just drop an eSports shout-out on my podcast? On my podcast as well, Jack, and I approve of eSports. Thank you, Dinger. Dinger, we, we talk about that. I won't get, it, right. I won't get it to anything. Right, I'm going to So, So I'd like to okay. talk about one, one or two really important things that the average listener may not know about. So mm-hmm. golf, golf mm-hmm. is a very statistical mm-hmm. game, and it's really easy to yeah. pick winners based off of stat. I'm not saying it's easy to pick winners, but stats usually are very highly correlated with winners. 
And the one stat that the Masters, after I ran a regression model this week, the one stat at the What's a regression model? The regression model is very simple. You basically just take – I personally took the last 12 years of historical data at the Masters and cross-reference it versus all of the guys that finished in the top 10. Do you want to know what the one stat that correlated the most with guys in the top 10 were? Do you have any guesses? Cooch. No, Cooch is a player, uh, not a stat. Fairways hit. Oh. Percent of fairways hit. Percent of fairways hit. I mean, that's a probably. No, no. I guess. mean, that's, that's a good guess. It's actually driving distance, which is surprising. Wow. That's very surprising. Driving distance. Okay, that was Driving distance my... is the number one stat that correlated with guys that finished in the top 10. So you're. Wow. So who do you like? Rory? DJ, you're gonna have to be long off the tee. So obviously, I could go out here and say Rory, DJ. You know, Rory's Rory's the odds-on favorite, plus seven hundred, which for a golf tournament is really, really, really low odds. I'm I'm really shocked, honestly. Tony Finau, that you're only gonna get plus seven hundred for him. If I had to pick, you know, there, like I said, there's eighty six golfers, so you can't pick everyone. If I had to pick between Rory and DJ, right now, I think I'd actually rather have DJ, and here's one reason why. Rory is usually not that good when it's windy or rainy out and the conditions are kind of flaring up. And I was taking a look at the WindFinder, which is a great website if you want to ever go look. WindFinder pulls up all the wind, rain, all the forecast and stuff. On Sunday, you're going to be having wind gusts up to 35 miles an hour, which wow, actually really fast, which is pretty insane. That's um, about as fast as I run. <laughs> 30, 35. <laughs> wow. 35, no. More like 30. But, but yeah. <laughs> Anyways, have you caught yourself? No, I'm thing? just kidding. Usain Bolt run 31 miles per hour, the fastest recorded by any human. And you know, that's very fast when it does. Just imagine Usain Bolt running right by your ball and the wind off of his fucking back, pushing the ball into whatever direction. So, yes, 31 mile an hour wind gusts will be very formidable this weekend. Sound, sounds like a dinger fact, but we'll, I'll play along. No dang effects here. Very nice. So, so I'll I'll drop a few more things about stats, and then I'll get to what everyone actually cares about, which is the picks. Yes. So basically, yes. Mm-hmm. driving driving distance is going to be important. Greens and regulation are going to be important because you need you know the the putting surfaces are tough, so you're going to have to be on the green because you don't want to be playing off of these collection areas, trying to chip up onto these tricky greens. And most importantly, you need to avoid blowups. So you got to have a good short game. If you look at Jordan Spieth all these past years, his short game has been. Nothing short of masterful. I can answer more Jordan Speeth in a minute. But <laughs> those are the keys. So, uh, so Jack, do, would you like me to p- pick my winner first or kind of talk about some players before I get to the winner? Uh, let's talk about some players that might have some Hey, Matt, Matt, I have a question. Hey. I remember earlier in the week you were asking me, you told me to lock in a player, Tony Female. Can you talk about him for a minute? Um, I think that was somebody else. But I'm happy to talk about Tony Fina. That was Nick. That was Nick. Uh, and I'll get into why Nick likes Tony Fina. Nick is a very, um, I don't know how to explain it, very eccentric uh, person, I'd say. I don't know if that's the right word. I don't even know if that, what the definition is. Very out is, there. But I'm a very eccentric person. None. Uh, okay, so maybe I'm wrong. But anyways, Nick had a dream one night. He woke up and he was very very for sure he was very certain about what he saw and he swears that in said dream he saw tony finau slipping on the green jacket wow wow now you know jack i've had plenty of dreams i actually had a dream that kirk cousins was on the vikings winning the super bowl 
you know what? This is before the Vikings even played the Eagles in the NFC Championship two <laughs> years ago. So, yes, dreams can be very meaningful. And, you know, I hope that my dream one day becomes into reality. And Kirk Cousins is up there holding the Super Bowl trophy. And the Vikings are once again, well, actually, not once again. They never have been. But once for finally champions. And I can finally cry and, you know, die peacefully. Not soon, but <laughs> at some point later oh, that, in my life. That's that's very that's very sentimental, Dinger. And uh, I, yes. I, I know you will cherish a Viking Super Bowl forever. But uh, back to the, the Masters. Uh, Sorry for going off topic. No, Dinger tangents still apply, even during Masters talk. So, so here's my quick, here's okay, my, here's sure. my quick female thoughts. Finau does not have a top 10 in 2019, and we're already in April. So that's issue number one. Number two is Irons are not really playing well right now, so I don't know if I have faith in him to hit greens like he usually does. Problem number two. Also, Finau's a birdie machine, but he also blows up a lot. So if you're into DraftKings, I think his birdie scoring will be nice for the DraftKings games, and you could probably get Finau at a pretty good price. Um, but let's not forget, mm-hmm. Finau has never won a tournament on the PGA Tour, and I don't think this is his time. If So if you want to look for him in DraftKings or maybe play him as a top 10 because, you know, he usually is in the top 10, even though his form's pretty bad, that's one way to play it. I personally would not be playing Tony Fino. Okay. 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 Well, thank you for the candidate. That all being said, dreams dreams do come true. And Nick, if you're out there listening, I really hope Fino wins it for you. There you go. There you go. All right. So let's hear some of your picks. Like, who are you looking at that could take this home possibly? But maybe – have a sure. little bit more value um, to them. I'm going to start a little bit down the list. Um, y'all know that Hawk Fool? That Hawk Fool? Xander's my boy. Xander Shoffley. That Hawk that's my, Fool? That's my Hell. boy. Yeah. Not that Hawk Fool, though. Hell no. Okay. <laughs> Huh. But um, sure. no, but I'm being but I'm being yeah. serious about uh, Xander. So um, he's won on tour wow. before. He won the tour championship two years ago, which was a ten million dollar purse in, for one tournament. So wow. he's already he's already shown that he can show up in the big moment when there's pressure on, money on the line. So that's kind of my one fear out yeah. the window. I actually played him last year, um, except it was his first time ever at Augusta, and there's some crazy stat I remember that. Since like 1970, first time players of the Masters have never won. So I kind of like said fuck that to that hey, stat last year and hey, still Matt, played him. But Matt, I have yes, a didn't Jordan Spieth? What's play up, Dan? Second? Didn't Jordan Spieth play second in his first ever year at Augusta? Right, but that's not winning. Oh well, you know, top five, top Oof. ten would be a good play. If you're not first, you're last. I thought that's a very, very valuable lesson in life. You know what? Yeah, yes, you're right. You're not first to last, but you still got six hundred thousand in the bank. Yeah, I mean, the, the second cool. place will probably make some, probably eclipse a million, I think. But wow, that's a lot of money. Um, so, on, on so, so well yeah, last year in his first one. So yeah, he actually he actually uh, nothing to write home about, but he placed. Uh, I think he was in this like in the thirty somewhere, like thirty one, thirty two, thirty three, respectable. Whatever. But right now, you can get Xander at 40 to 1, which I think are pretty good odds. And he's actually coming in in some pretty incredible form compared to his odds. So if you look at it, he's actually 17th as far as odds on the list. But right now, he's fourth on tour in strokes gain total, which is basically your performance against the rest of the field. So that's fourth on tour this season. He's 13th tee to green. So basically, if you remove putting from the equation, he's 13th on tour. 
And if you, uh, where was the other thing I wrote down? Oh, and the, these are his last three tournaments, 14th, 15th, 10th, and he won a tournament in January. So he's won on tour this year. He's won big tournaments before. He's played at Augusta, so he has experience now. He's firing on all the key statistics that you want to see in a guy. And a 41, I think he's worth a shot. So that's 40 going to be to one, one to win it all? 40 to 40 one to win it all? 40 to one to win the tourney. Wow, that's great odds. So wow. I, well, I, I thought think, you said – I think – uh, Keep going. Oh, wait. Never mind. I'm thinking uh, – sorry. I was con- getting confused. You said Roy McIlroy was um, 700 or plus 700. And I got that confused plus. with 70 to one odds. With that seven to one odds. No, My yeah. He's seven to one. Which, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and, for, and for golf, seven to one is pretty trash. Yeah. Hey, um, yeah. hey man. Is nice. I have a question for you. What's you up, know, all the listeners, you know, probably the biggest name in the history of golf since Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods. What are your thoughts on him personally? I think he's old. I think he's washed up. I think his back's hurt. I don't think he has it in him this year. You know, Tiger is. You, you watch. You know, you, you know, Tiger mouth. is never a good bet, especially recently. He has not been playing, but people have been betting on him because he is Tiger. People have blind faith I, in Tiger. I personally, I do not like him. What are your thoughts? I like him as a. Person. I agree. With, I agree with you and disagree with you. If Tiger is putting on the green jacket on Sunday, stealing it from that snake, Patrick Reed. It would bring a tear to my eye. Yes, I would but, very much like to see that, but I just don't think he has it in him. That being said, Tiger's game, I think he still has got it, but it is not meant for a tournament like the Masters where you got to make birdies to win. Tiger's more of a grinded-out kind of player, and I think you saw that last year at the Open when he was in contention in the last couple of holes. So I, I would look to him at a tournament like the Open where driving distance is less important and you can kind of grind it out and, you know, make the tough pars to kind of stay in the mix, but where you got to be making birdies, I don't think this is it. And, and right now he's in the, tw- in the bottom 20% of the field in driving distance this year. And that's compared with like guys like Marco Mira, who have been playing the masters for 30 years and Fred couples and whoever else can only hit the ball like 280 yards. So his driving distance is just not up to par. And after seeing the driving distance is the number one key stat, as far as placing in the top 10, I just, I just don't see it. Will Tiger be around? I don't know. Maybe. I, uh, you know, but I, I see like a more of a finish in the twenties or, you know, low thirties for him. That's that's my that's my Tiger take. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I my my take is Tiger wins it, but you know what the fuck do I know? Um, Not much. Now you said you had some other people that you liked. Let's hear let's let's hear you rattle some of those names off. Before I go into the other guy, like I want to, I need to talk about Jordan Spieth because this has been this has been Ooh. a hot topic this week and. You're like, oh, Jordan Spieth is so good to Masters. He won twice, and he's had a second and third place finish. Yeah, that's fucking dandy and all. But that was when Jordan Spieth was number one in the world, number three in the world, number five in the world. Right now in the official World Golf Rankings, Spieth is number 33. 33 in the world. That is – that's like – you're not even ranked in college football. You're just, you're just another guy now. And there's guys with names of Alex Noren, Cam Smith, Adam Scott, Sergio, all ahead of him in the in the world golf ranking. So Fuck I think that Sergio. just goes to show. Fuck Sergio. Just... Fuck Sergio. I'm back. Oh yeah. I sub- um. Actually, I'm going to take this. I'm sorry. Now that you mentioned mm-hmm. Sergio, I'm taking this opportunity to let our fans know. Uh, there's has been a request in from a listener that uh, we start a petition to uh, get Sergio off the tour. <laughs> um, I think we're going to take this opportunity now to announce that we will be presenting this petition. To get Sergio off the tour, we have now decided we will now be following through with this. 
Um, this guy, he just has no place on tour. He's a, he's a disrespect to the game and a disrespect to the other players. Uh, I don't like the guy. I never have. And then his, some of his recent actions have cemented that thought. So, you know what, Sergio? You're you're in the same boat as yeah. uh, Antonio Fuck. Brown with us. Fuck you're, Sergio. You're the tough guys. I'm back. My voice say- is no longer mm-hmm. Masters approved. Sergio brought it out, brought the anger out of me. <laughs> Would you say that you are now an anti-Sergio Garcia podcast? Oh, totally. totally. Oh, we are for sure. Anti, we are an anti-rape, anti-beating women, pro-cosmetic surgery, pro-javital rejuvenation, <laughs> and now an anti-Sergio podcast. All right. There we go. There we go. It took a while to get that one out. You know out, the but... pause for dramatic right, effect. So... No? I like it. I like it. Um, Matt, yeah. so... Sorry no, to have, to have cut you off there, but that, that was a hot that was a hot button no, for me. Yeah, I hear you. Sometimes you just got to press them. But yeah, just yeah. Fin- finishing yeah. up the speed thoughts. He's number thirty third in the world. He actually hasn't had a finish better than thirtieth in eight months, which is insane. Tough. He's the sixth worst in the field, tee to green, which is just absolutely <laughs> atrocious. Like I said again, he's playing against amateurs yeah. and sixty year olds, so to be six worst in the field is insane. And if you Want to go yeah. all the way back to September 2018. That's the last time we finished inside of the top 30. And you got to go back to summer 2017 to, for his last win. So, Wanda, is course history important? Kind of, especially the Masters it is. But he's playing so bad right now that if he's even sniffs top 10, I would be absolutely shocked. Hey, Matt, would you, would you, do you think that this has any correlation? <coughs> <coughs> Taryn Dallas. Um, do you think this has any correlation to Jordan Spieth getting married? Getting a little off his game, uh, getting a little complacent maybe. that he has a girl of his dreams. Yeah. Hey, maybe 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 that his wife is settled in and content. She's not she's not throwing down like she used to, and and maybe he's a little tense. Maybe he's a little you know he's he's not where he used to be. So a word out to all my listeners: if anybody can help relieve my dog Jordan Spieth of some stress some tension Tension. (laughs) you know some some built up pressure um it'd be very much appreciated this is goes out to all of our female listeners you know and maybe if you're lucky he'll put a baby in you and you'll get some money out of it so um (laughs) hit up his dm are you are you trying to are you are you trying to pimp out some of our listeners uh yeah a little bit Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that, that that's that's obviously a joke. Sorry, to everyone. Um, Not a joke. Hey, but, my uh, so, Matt. So let me. Uh, I'll, so I'll Matt, touch on my last. You don't like. Speed. Don't like speed. You don't like speed. Um. You don't like Tiger. You like Zon. Zander. I don't know his last. What's his last? Shoffley. Xander. Xander Shoffley. Like Shoffley. No, Shoffley. All right. Shoffley. You could just just run with it. Shufefel, Shufefeli, Shoffley. Just just now you're fucking good. Whatever makes me. you happy. But uh Zahn, we, we like, like Zahn. him because he's got some value at forty to one. I'm gonna talk but, about uh, another value guy. Let's hear it. I and like those. His name is Matthew Kuchar. Matthew Kuchar. My boy Kuch. And one know he fits okay. the narrative. Here, here's a couple winners in the past few years at the Masters. Bubba Watson, Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia. What do they all have in common? No one fucking likes them. Well, <laughs> now, apparently nobody likes Matt Kuchar either because he's a cheap-ass broke boy and didn't want to pay his 
caddy who is Indonesian. Wow. So that's wow. That is crazy. That's part one. I think that his number is in the betting market is actually low because nobody wants to bet him, which is mindless because Kucher is having one of his best seasons on tour ever. He's fifth in the field, strokes gained tee to green, and number three in the field in approach shot. So basically, he's hitting fairways, keeping the ball in play. His approaches, he's getting on the green. So in my mind, unless Cooch starts three-putting the shit out of a lot of these holes, he's going to be there on Sunday. He's already won on tour twice this year. He's in contention every single week. And on that note, uh, thank you to my good friend Victor Lucy out there for sharing a tweet today. But right now you can bet Matt Kuchar to place top 20 at the Masters for plus 125, which is absolutely insane on Bovada, the best sports book ever created in human history. And if you don't have a Bovada account, I highly recommend go getting one. Yep, you can get you have, women's you volleyball locks. Matt, we I'm can... sure you have some kind of link or so where you get some kind of points or tokens for the machine, you know? Absolutely. Uh, for putting on all the listeners. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Uh, my, uh, my good friends Jack and Ding will, will share that with you guys uh, after the pod. Definitely, definitely. So, uh, definitely. So that, that's a big one for me. Um, so Cooch, you could right now play at 45 to 1 odds, which is fantastic. Um, I'll get into one or two other guys on the list, and then I'll, I'll give you my high-confidence winner pick. Let's go. Um, Let's go. We'll, we'll, we'll be quick with these other two because we don't need to get too much into it. Henrik, mm-hmm. Stens- Henrik Stenson at 60 to 1 odds is a really good 60. play. He was, he, okay. was pr- he was pretty terrible at the start of the season. Just couldn't really find a rhythm, couldn't get in form. But Stenson's iron game and his approach shots have been absolutely incredible lately. He's been in the top 10 in his last five tournaments he played in approaches. So he's hitting greens. And the one thing that a lot of people that follow golf may know is Stenson usually just doesn't pick up driver. He hits three wood. But Hmm. he hits three wood, you know, 300 plus yards most of the time. And, you know, with his iron game playing as good as it is right now, I think that you know, he's going to be around him at 60 to one for a name like Stenson, who's won, you know, a dozen times on tour throughout his career and has experience and played the masters before. I think it's worth a stab. Wow. Um, and then one more guy down the list, way down the list at 125 to one, his name is Charles Howell, the third. Ooh, how the third. He's okay. four years old. He's been on tour for a while. He's, He's kind of – he's seen the course before. As a matter of fact, he's from Augusta, Georgia. So he grew up around the course and and really just fits the style of play. It's in his blood. It's in his blood. It's in his blood. And it's in his blood, baby. I wonder what I'm not going out here saying that 125 to 1, you're going to get this guy to, to win it for you. But a couple of his stats fit. He's 10th in strokes gained in the last 24 rounds. He's has the, the number two in – short game in the last 24 rounds and he's in the top half of the field in his approach shots in the last 24 rounds so he's got enough yeah. he's got enough corollary wow. stats to really line up and and get you over the hill and you know like i said if you're a DraftKings guy you could get this guy really cheap really far down the line and and he might any he, who knows he could maybe top five it for you and make you some monies yeah wow you know i i actually like that 125 to one you know that that's you make a great case for him you know, if you have 10 shekels to throw on yep. go for it, bro. Absolutely. Um, All right. So let's hear your winner now. What's your lock 
Who's going to win this shit? Skip to the chase. Give me the stake. I want it all. The winner of your 2019 Masters is Justin Rose. Justin Rose wow. is your winner of the Masters. And Justin Rose is just – he's just one of those guys that flies a little bit under the radar. Everyone wants to talk about Ricky and Tiger and Speed and Rory and D- DJ and Brooks. And well, I know Jay Rose just kind of flies under the radar. And I bet you didn't notice, but he is currently the number one golfer in the world in the official world golf rankings. I did. And wow. it's, it's just one of those things that this course just is perfect for him. He has eight straight top 25s. So you know that his form is there already, which is obviously, like I said, a huge important factor. You got to be informed if, if you're going to compete here. Um, on top of mm-hmm. that, he actually has a 28% birdie or better percentage which basically he gets a, he hits birdie 28% of the holes, which is number one in the field. So, like I said, to win this tournament, you got to make birdies. It's a birdie maker course. You got to be long and you got to make birdies. And he's got both of those things. He doesn't blow up. He plays good in tough conditions. You know, being from over, over from across the pond, he plays a lot of coastal courses, link styles courses, good in wind and rain, which may come into play here. Like I said, he just kind of has the whole game to put it together, and he's overdue for a big major win like this, and he's just rounding in a form at the right time. He's been creeping towards the top of leaderboards, and I feel like he's just going a little under the radar, and, and this is uh, this is his time to win it all. So my my one pick to win it all is Justin Rose, and then I'll have a – What's his odds? What's his odds? So Rose is 14-1. to 1. Okay. All right. So, so you know, you're not going to get incredible odds with the number one player in the world, but being number one in the world and having a lot of the other factors kind of line up with him, I think, I think it's still a pretty good value. So, in recap, my five picks are Justin Rose at fourteen to one, which is my winner. I also will be betting Zahn, X Man, Xander Schauffele, my boy, at forty to one. I'll be betting Cooch. I'll be betting Cooch at forty-five to one. Henrik Stenson at sixty to one, and Charles Howell the third at one twenty-five to one. How do you do? I like it. I like all the picks. Uh, we're gonna get those posted. What's on his our name story. again? Justin Ha. Charles Howell. <laughs> Charles Howell the third. Chuck, Chuck, no, Chuck. Whoa, he, Chucky he, three sticks. Chucky three well, sticks. He, he actually doesn't show up, so I guess I will be betting the field. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Oh, there is no field bet available on here. Are you on Wager Castle? <laughs> the world's best lines, the the world's shittiest lines, and the uh, the worst live lines. Is that is that what you're on? Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, we're gonna have to maybe get our listeners set up with an a Bovada account. Um, Matt, you're gonna help us out with that, right? Oh, absolutely. And and before we close out the segment, I just want to touch on two more quick quick things. So I know a lot. Oh, you got your time. Oh yeah. So I know a lot of people. I know a lot of people like you know don't like betting the outright winner of a tournament because you know throwing forty to one darts, sixty to one is far and few, and your guy kind of. Sh- fucks up on day two and you don't have any anything to follow on three and four whatever so i'm going to mention two other guys that you could look at in the head-to-head betting market which i think you can really get some good value on uh the first guy his name is how tong lee (laughs) most people most people have never heard of him 
I actually was thinking about no. replacing him. Did, oh, did you say something? No, sorry, I burped. I'm trying to cover it up. My bad. <laughs> You're Gucci. John, John, John. I thought I had it played off pretty well, but mm. you got me. Um, so, yeah, Hao Tongli, most people have not heard of him. I actually was going to replace him instead of using Charles Howell as my long shot. But mm. the guy has two wins on tour already. He's actually, so here's, here's the interesting one for me that kind of did it. In his first year at the Masters, he made the cut and finished in the top 30, or I think it was right around 30. So, like I said, he's got his Masters experience under the way. He really performs at a lot of correlated courses, a lot of courses that have similar layouts to Augusta that require a similar skill set, always plays well at. The one course specifically is over in Dubai, actually, which he won. And uh, he has one key stat that really did it for me. So like I was saying, you got to be good off the tee, right? So what happens after, after you hit a drive, you have your approach shot. So yep. the stats say that your average approach shot on this course is going to be between 180 and 200 yards. How Tong Lee is number wow. one in the field in proximity to the pin from that range. Wow. So if he keeps the ball in the fairway, which is a little dicey, but if he can keep the ball in play, mm. he has the distance, so that lines up. And he's in that 180 to 200 yard sweet spot and can birdie a couple of these tougher par fours. I think he'll make through. The, I think he'll make it through the cut. Maybe be inside the top ten, and who knows? On Sunday you might have a hedge opportunity, or or he'll be up there. Um, wow! But that all being said, you know, look for him in the head-to-head market. He could get some value against one of these amateurs, or maybe against an older guy, or you know, somebody more more down the list like a Bubba or a Spieth, which will I recommend betting against in almost every situation. Um, How hmm. Tong is your guy? And then on the flip side, one guy that I think is a big fade is Kevin Kisner. Fade Kevin Kisner? Fade Kevin Didn't Kisner. Did he just win, win a tournament or something recently? Kiz has been on fire. He just won a tournament. He's been playing great golf. He's a super likable dude. He's basically just an older frat bro. Smashing natties on the lawn on his Instagram, you know, just, just being a bro. Um, but the thing about Kiz is he thrives on shorter tracks. So next week at, you know, Harbortown in, in Hilton Head, South Carolina, great track for him. Plays 7,100 yards, coastal. You don't need to be a long hitter. Uh, but he can't, he can't compete on these bomber tracks against these guys that are throwing at 340, 350 out there off the tee. Um, so, yeah, Kiz is canceled for this week. Any opportunity you have to bet against Kiz, do it. Last year, okay. he lost eight strokes off the tee and gained eight strokes putting, which in golf, putting, as many of us know, is not a really a sustainable skill. You know, you could kind of have your fluky putting day, but if you're bad off the tee and you just suck, then you fucking suck. So I don't think he's going yeah, to – I'm a big three-putt guy. I'm a big three-putt guy. Big three-putt guy. We got some listeners who might be four-putt guys even. So, so they might be able yeah. to relate. Um, they, yeah, they may or yeah. may not be lefties with the initials NS, but that's just a shot in the dark. Um, yeah, they're very, uh, discreet, discreet. Right. I mean, just a, just a very general statement, but, um, very general. So basically, uh, I don't think lightning strikes twice with kids. I don't think he can have the putting performance he did last year. And, uh, this track just doesn't line up for him and all the winning lately and just the popularity. I think you're going to be able to get some good value against him. So we're going to look to fade kids this week. And, and that kind of, that kind of does it. You know, there's obviously a lot of oh, other guys. You know what? Touch I, you on, know, but... just, 
can't hit that, everyone. One, uh, w- one quick thing on Kisner is um, on a, another podcast that I sometimes listen to, he was asked uh, what he thinks his chances that any of the four masters are, and he said 0% on any of them. So, <laughs> so, so take, it, take your word from the man himself. Fade him. All right. Yeah, so I, I mean, I like his. that. I, I, I respect that. Uh, Matt, I, I really do appreciate you coming on and uh, coming on live from the office even. I, uh, that's pretty commendable and respectable. We do appreciate your support. Um, Dinger, do you have any final thoughts for Matt here? Anything you'd like to say to Matt before you know, we kick him out of here? You know, Matt, it, it's been a long time coming. You're a busy guy and a hard guy to get a hold of, so it's only fitting that we got you on a day that you actually are working, you know, just a little off schedule for us, but you know, we'll make things happen for our boys, our dogs, our analytical monsters out there, providing us with a stat that nobody else has. And you know what? I think this is it for Matt. And you know, we're going to get some more championship talk from you guys. Mm-hmm. So Matt, mm-hmm. do you have any last words before we transition over to the fan- the, the final championship of the NCAA? Well, well, I'll make I'll make all the time in the world to talk golf, to talk Masters, and for my for my boys Austin and Jack, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, uh, and mm-hmm. uh, and you guys are you guys are doing a great job, and just enjoy this sacred holy week that is the Masters, and you know we got we got a lot of great things. Sunday we have the Masters Championship Brown. We got Game of Thrones. It's just just a great time to be alive, boys. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. 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 Well, uh, Matt, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you for your analytics and your insights. Peace out, brother. We're going to be right back. We're going to jump to a commercial break from our sponsors. Holla. Hello, Dinger here. And I'm here to present you something called Any Fucking Netty Potty. You ever have a clogged up sinus and nose after a long weekend with the boys? Well, Any Fucking Netty Potty is here to help. You just insert one end into you just insert two ends into your nose and a nice stream of cold water flows from one nostril out the other and removes all the unnecessary unwanted gonk that was left there from the weekend before get yourself better with an any fucking netty potty brought to my tv girlfriend mm-hmm. all right and thank you from our sponsor at any fucking neti pot brought to you by Tifi. Thank you again to Matt for coming on the show. You know, it was a great, great segment that we had talking about the Masters. It was a long time coming, buddy. And right before we get to our national championship talk, we got to go over real quick uh-uh. something that Jack holds near and dear to his heart, and I do as well. Jack, why don't you tell the listeners? I'm going to try to do this without... Uh, letting my eyes start sweating there um, uh, because I've already cried once today and I, I think the, the tears are still yet to come. Uh, today is the final, final game for Dwayne Wade at home. At home. Yes. At home. Sorry. I didn't meant to, uh, I meant to describe that, but yes, last home game for him. Um, this is going to be something very special. Um, I've watched, Dwayne Wade for my entire life, growing up a Heat fan, living in the South Florida area, and he has just become a part of a part of that Miami culture. You know, this is just when you think Miami and Miami Heat, you think Dwayne Wade. Like, what what is the team Wade be like County. without him? Yeah, Wade County forever. 
it will always be Wade County, no matter what. Um, even when we brought LeBron and Bosch in and all the pieces, there was one thing that remained consistent, and it was always Dwayne Wade. And, yes, we lost him for a couple of years. He went off to play with Chicago and the Cavs, but his heart was always in Miami. Had to come on back, and he had to finish it out here in South Beach. And, you know, tonight it's just bittersweet that, um, you know, he's on on to the rest of his life, bigger and better things. But as Heat fans and as basketball fans, Dinger, we're definitely better off with him. And it's going to be some getting used to. It's going to take some getting used to for uh, having him not around. Um, Did you get to see the, um, the new commercial that came out today, Dinger? Dude, yes. So uh, the tears on my face have still not dried up from this Dwayne Wade commercial. You know, Budweiser decided to surprise Dwayne Wade with five people to exchange jerseys to. And they were just all people that helped them through their lives, whether it be in the community, whether it be in a tribute that Dwayne Wade did to one of their loved ones that had passed away, um, and even to his own mother who looked up to Dwayne Wade and Dwayne Wade offered all support when she was in prison. Um, you know, it just goes to show you that Dwayne Wade was a winner on and off the court. You know, he's a great father of two beautiful young children that are going to be stars in the NBA one day, you know, and he's just, he's just too likable of a person for anybody to have any bad things to say about him. He was electric on the court, whether it be the 06 finals run that he had when he brought the championship to Miami with the help of Shaq, not the other way around with and then, you know, being the second fiddle, you know, learning how to not be the star on the team and be actually a supporting cast player. Obviously, he was still a star in yeah. his own right. But to just play second fiddle to LeBron James and, you know, win a championship that way, you know, it, that was incredible as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm never going to forget all the great moments from the steal that Dwayne Wade had at the end of regulation where he shot it from near half court. I was at that game, Dinger, the one against the Suns. I was at that game, the one where he stole the ball. It was like at first half buzzer beater. Or are you talking about the one against Chicago Bulls when he got up on the scorer's table and screamed, this is my house? That Well, both. I, I, I Honestly, I sort of threw that up. It, that was actually both of them combined into one. The half court was at halftime. But I, I was more referencing mm-hmm. the one against the Bulls when he jumped up onto the table and said, this is my house. Yeah. And he did a reenactment of it this year mm-hmm. when he fucking hit the game winner, double pump off the glass yep. against Golden State. Mm-hmm. There's just so many great memories from Dwayne Wade from being the greatest shot-blocking guard of the history of the NBA to leading the league in scoring in 2009. Dwayne Wade was just always a force and just a player to be reckoned with. And, you know, I, it, he will be missed. And the worst part is, is he could still play. And also, I'm sorry, because we weren't even trying to make this a segment, and, you know, we'll just touch on it a little bit because it's really not even an argument here. But for people like Paul Pierce to say he had a better career Screw than him. Dwayne Wade is fucking blasphemous, and I will never watch one more thing with Paul Pierce on it again. I'm officially boycotting Paul Pierce because you just, you're just you just shitting on the legacy of one of the greatest players to ever play this game. And personally, in my opinion – Kobe who? I would take Dwayne Wade any day over Kobe. He was a more efficient scorer, a more willing defender, and a more willing teammate. And, you know, maybe he didn't have that super killer mentality that Kobe has, but I I would rather have Dwayne Wade in my fucking court or my side of the fucking house or in my fucking – to my ride or die, somebody I would go to fucking war with every fucking day. I would take Dwayne Wade 
Would you, would you take him on your podcast over me? You know what, Jack? A lot of things we talk about, I don't know if Dwayne May would be comfortable with saying. <laughs> so for that reason, I'm going to stick with you. But, <laughs> well, but I, I was, I was, I, I, you know, it, he would take a lot of thought. Yeah, because you know you're you're my dog, but dude, it's Dwayne Wade. I just had to pop the question there because you yeah. know you know we ride or dies over here. But honestly, we I might choose Dwayne Wade over you for some things and over others. But um, anyways, uh, we're he, more of a football podcast. Dwayne Wade doesn't offer the insight and doesn't go on digger rants. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure Dwayne Wade's a funny, cheerful guy, but um, you know he's definitely more mature than we are. And I, I don't know if that's exactly what our listeners are doing. You know Dwayne Wade's going to have his own ESPN Plus show or be involved in the NBA some way. I think he – I don't think he wants to be in a studio really at yeah, this I don't point see in his him career. Going on TV, I think honestly. he wants to be able to – I think he wants to be able to go to – I think he wants to be able to go to his, all of his kids' games and yeah. just be a Miami and be a leader in the community like he has been for so many years and fuck his hot wife. And shit like that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely excited for the future of Dwayne Wade and the philanthropic, the philanthropic, the philanthropic events that he will be holding. And, you know, hopefully he decides to stay put where he is in Miami. You know, it's a great city. It's a great area to be a part of. And, you know, his children are very ingrained in the basketball culture that we have going on down there in South Florida. But I, what I was saying before is I could easily see him getting an ESPN plus where he just turns one of the, his rooms into his fucking dope ass mansion into like sort of like a man cave office where he just brings in other players that are in town, you know, sort of how LeBron James does with his show, the barbershop and Kobe Bryant has his where he dissects plays mm-hmm. on ESPN plus. I could easily see Dwayne Wade getting one of those and. You know, I, I would definitely get an ESPN Plus subscription to watch it because yeah. Dwayne Wade is just such a great person, such a great human being. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm personally betting on the Heat today. Um, I, as you guys are listening, this game will be over and the Heat will have won and covered the spread. But, <laughs> we but, can only hope. We can only but, hope. But, you know, it, it's Dwayne Wade's last day. I'm not betting against him. I'm betting on him. So. Yeah, for sure. Thank and, you, Dwayne uh, Wade. You know, for our listeners out there, before we'll just add a little precursor to that. Um, we don't condone letting emotion get in the way of your bets. Um, I myself went to the Heat game the other night. I was pretty certain that they were going to beat the Celtics at home on last Wednesday night. Uh, my bet didn't go too well for me, but, you know, that's the way she goes, boys. But, you know, I, this this whole time has just given me a lot of time to reflect on his career. And, you know, it, it, it's been – Great times in here in South. And, you know, it's it's the one team down here that's been consistently good for a long, long time. And you got to you got to give shout outs to Dwayne Wade for that, you know. But all right, Dinger, let's wrap it up there before my eyes keep sweating. Um, Let's talk about the national championship. March Madness coming to a close. Virginia Cavaliers taking it all as we predicted in our bracket. Dinger. What do you have to say about the game yesterday? Did you did you think it was an entertaining game? You know, I was actually very surprised. I thought going in, this is going to be a 52-48 game. This is very underwhelming. And, you know, early on, it started that way. Nobody could buy a fucking bucket. Even for $100,000, you couldn't get a fucking bucket. And, it was gross, bro. Yeah, it was gross. The pace picked up, and the game got really interesting. And, you know, I fucking do this to myself all the time. I have something 
that I like way before ahead of time. And right before tip off, I go contrarian based on other stuff that I read or other information or just maybe just seeing the last thing. And instead of going with my gut with Virginia, which I had Virginia winning for the whole tournament from the beginning, I bet on Texas Tech and I lost. And, you know, Mm -hmm. it just serves me right. Um, You know, I I was super heavy on Virginia, and I know you were as well entering the tournament. We both picked them to win the entire tournament over the likes of Duke, North Carolina, Kentucky, all of them boys. And, you know, mm-hmm. we, we ended up pretty good in the tournament bracket. We placed second. We were we lost by a measly 10 points. Michigan yeah, State just you hate couldn't to see take it. it out for us. But I think that we showed to the other podcast that, while we may not be the most knowledgeable in the college basketball, that we are definitely a force to be reckoned with in any type of competition. And, you know, if you're not first, you're last. But um, if, if we do something like this where we get like a fantasy draft in or maybe just like a pick em tournament, you know, any time competition involved, you know, Jack and Dinger are there to fucking play. You know, we, we, don't, yeah. we don't play around. We don't fucking lose. Like mm-hmm. that's just the mindset that we have ingrained in our soul from just our upbringing and some of the experiences that we share together in life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Dinger, um, I, I, I told everyone – let me jump in here, Dinger. I told everyone that we were putting them on watch, didn't I? We yeah. were in sixth place. I said, y'all are on watch. Next day we wake up, games are going on, boom, we're in first place for the time being. Now we got some flack for our post there when we were saying, hey, check us out, we're in first place, a little gloating. But you know what? It ain't fun if you ain't talk shit. So, you know, we had to, we had to put on – and, you know, we, we did fall to second place. We had a great chance at, uh, at winning and uh, coming back into first place. But, um, you know, we just didn't pick Texas Tech. But, yeah. We Michigan State. I mean, dang it. But you were telling me the whole week that you're certain that we had Texas Tech, but we had Gonzaga when we submitted it. Did, are you saying it was a mistake or were you saying that we should have not taken I... a certain someone's advice? It could have been both, but to be completely honest with you, I, had, I hadn't even glazed over the Texas Tech because personally, I actually didn't really like Gonzaga. I liked Michigan out of there. And, you know, when, whenever we just decided to submit our final bracket, um, we had about six to eight differing picks. And, you know, I was like, these are the three that I feel super strongly about. Like Duke is not making the final four. Michigan State is making the final four. Um, I, the other one was Auburn making it to the elite eight, uh, no, to the sweet 16. I'm sorry. And I thought you said elite eight actually. Uh, no, because they lost, they won in the elite eight against, uh, North Carolina. Yeah. But you didn't pick them going to the final four. I believe you picked them going to the elite eight. Yeah. No, either I didn't way. have them e- either way. Either way you had them going either way. I had, I had them going deeper than most people. I said, I really feel strong about Auburn. And then my other one was Cincinnati. I had them going to the sweet 16 that obviously did not come into fruition. But, you know, I, I let Jack stick with his guns, and he was heavy on Texas Tech from the beginning, so I didn't even bother to really look or even remember at that side of the bracket. So it might have just been a mistake yeah, that you just I chose think Gonzaga, um, or maybe we just we was, heeded a particular somebody's advice. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Um, if we if we had made that correct selection, we would have been, but woulda, coulda, shoulda. You know, this is not a podcast of excuses. What happened is what happened, and we came in second place and not first. But I do yeah. want to touch on the game a little bit, Jack. I'm yeah, going to get a little in-depth. So, definitely. 
obviously the game started out slow and the pace started to pick up, which to be honest, I thought worked definitely into the hands of Texas Tech. You know, they showed in this tournament that they can score in bunches. And Virginia is definitely a more grinded out team. And, you know, I, I had told uh, one of our other buddies, shout out Segs, that if it's a one possession game, I don't know if I trust Texas. Not if I don't trust Texas Tech. I just think Virginia has shown this tournament to be so clutch and so money in all these crunch time situations. And what do you know? Down by 20 points, down by three points after Texas Tech just made a fierce comeback, stringing off points here, left and right, super fast. And, you know, Virginia just made a three. DeAndre Hunter was showing why he is a top 10, maybe a top five pick in the draft with what he did last night, just totally dominating Jarrett Culver on both the defensive end and on the offensive end, just showing that he came out to play. You know, he's a 6'7", 235-pound mammoth of a man with a 7'4 wingspan and massive-ass hands. And, you know, I think he compares very favorably to Kawhi Leonard, especially if you can get that three going like he did last night. Um, he just he just showed why he, he's going to be a top, top 10, top five pick in the draft. And, you know, Jarrett Culver was very poor in the first half and sort of showed you why he was – is why he is going to be a top 10 pick in the draft later on. But, you know, just the veteran, the you could just see the veteran presence of Kyle Guy, not Kyle Guy, of Ty Jerome, just bringing the ball down the court ever, ever so slowly and just being able to pass the ball out, hit a shot every once in a while. Just It just showed. And, you know, I'm, I'm actually happy for Virginia, you know, going from a one seed last year that lost to a 16 seed in University of Maryland, Baltimore County, UMBC. Um, that was just crushing blow. And then the next year they go and they win the tournament. And, you know, I, th- I think that every single one of those guys wouldn't trade that loss for anything because, you know, you don't win from, you don't, you don't learn from your wins. You learn from your losses. And, you know, I think that was a great learning lesson to those boys out there that you can never take an opponent for granted. And I, I really think Virginia sacked up and looked good, but I, there's another thing I want to touch on Jack. Sorry for going on a long range. Nah, you're good. But, Get it out, bro. But, I feel like there was really no buzz because, you know, when you're walking around work and you're talking to your buddies and you're talking to everybody who was, like, very much into the tournament when it had first started, there was really no buzz. There was really not, like, much. Even social media was very underwhelming for a national championship. And it just goes to show you the, the bias that the media and most people have in general to teams that don't have that aren't blue bloods, you know, if Kentucky or Duke were involved in this game at all, it would have gotten so much coverage. I turned on ESPN earlier today, and for 30 minutes, I didn't see anything about the national championship, which is honestly sad that people yeah. don't that, that that networks don't want to give the time of day to smaller school or a school like Virginia because oh, like because oh, because they're not the blue bloods, and you know, Con Coward always talks about this. He's like, oh, people always like to pretend the underdog. But nobody really likes the underdog because, nobody you know, nobody watches. I mean, yeah. I, personally, as a sports fan, I root for the underdog most times. And I do watch because I, I'm a sports fan at heart. I don't care about all the hoopla or, oh, Zion playing. I mean, yes, I do want to see when Zion plays. But when it comes to big times like this, I, I do want to watch. You know, it'd be like getting like a San Diego Chargers versus, I don't know, I'm thinking of a shit of like a San Diego Chargers or a Cincinnati Bengals. 
in the Super Bowl. Obviously, they won't be able to play each other because it's AFC, NFC. But just imagine two small market teams like that. And the ratings aren't going to be as good, you know. And it, it, this is just personified. And I, did, I could definitely tell that the buzz surrounding this game was definitely not so much. But you know what? We are a sports podcast. And a big sporting event like this does not go unnoticed. And also, shout out to the Lady Bears. You know, um, good job on your win, WMB, or what is it? The Women's WNCAA. Yeah, you know, North Carolina. I mean, UConn didn't win this year like always. So, um, I, I, kudos to them. Um, that, that's really all I know. I don't know any of the names of any of the players. But uh, good job, ladies. <laughs> all right. Um, you, you done there, Dinger? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm done. You can go now. All right. Appreciate that. All right. So, um, I really thought the first half of the game was pretty, pretty vanilla. It really wasn't entertaining at all. Uh, and the end of the first half was the first quarter of the game. Yeah, I totally what, it understand. started to heat up towards the end of the first half in the last few minutes. But um, I mean, that's really all it was. And then the second half came, and honestly, like I was nodding in and out, like I was falling asleep because you know that's way past my bedtime dinger. Um, anyways, uh, this national championship really wasn't too too great. I, I'm glad I, I woke up at the end and was able to watch the last minute um, and of overtime, uh, and then last minute of the game and then overtime. Um, other than that, I don't see why there would be too much media coverage of this game. Honestly, it really wasn't anything special. It's, it's a shame that uh, these schools aren't going to get the coverage that they deserve because they did just win the national championship, but, uh, that's just the way she goes. You know, um, the, uh, squeaky wheel gets the grease, right. You know, it would have been much better for, uh, media and, um, sports everything uh, sports as a whole if uh, a team like duke had made it and that's for damn sure yeah All right yeah i agree completely yeah this uh this game kind of uh kind of flopped for me i didn't really think it was that great i kind of called that i was going to go to overtime um i was texting a friend and told her that um i would definitely just take the team getting the points cuz it's going to be very close and i could even take I can even see it going to overtime. But, yeah, uh, I, I disagree with you completely. I thought it was actually a great game. It just didn't have the names that you're used to seeing. It didn't have Calipari. It didn't have Coach K. And it didn't have Roy Williams. And just because that doesn't mean it wasn't entertaining. Maybe, you know, you need to see uh, a player like Zion to pique your interest. And you're just only interested in what the social media decides to tell you. But, I mean, after the first eight minutes of the game, it was actually a thriller. It was back and forth, run after run. You know, there was tons of lead changes in the game. Obviously, the last three minutes in overtime was just a foul fest like college basketball always is. But, you know, well, yeah. and the, it, was, it was an entertaining game. It came down to the last possession. It came down to a couple plays. It came down to a couple calls. It came down to a couple missed threes, you know. And yeah. that's something it, you that you we can't calls. say for the NBA. You mentioned calls, Dinger, and I wanted to talk about one thing before we wrap this up. Um I thought it was kind of bullshit at the end there that they reviewed that call where the guy in Virginia swiped it out of the Texas Tech player's hands and they, like, saw that the ball rolled off his pinky and went out, and so it was then Virginia ball. Excuse me. Even though Virginia had swiped it. Like, that kind of reviewing situation to me is just fucking Bush League, honestly. I, I, I agree. The man slaps it out of his hand, but it just so happens that he takes his hand off the ball 
before it rolls off his pinky. Like you can't see that in real time. And this you, is a, I, this is the national championship. I I agree completely. And you know, it, it did happen to go against me. And you know, clearly Kyle Guy was fouled right before that, and that's why the ball was vulnerable, and that's why it was slapped out because he was smacked on the back and grabbed. Obviously clear because you could see it in slow motion. You can't reverse a call from that. You know, it was it was a bang bang play. You know, they're both fighting for position. Like I'm not going to get mad over uh, a, a call like that. You know, um, and you know I wasn't pissed because it did go off his pinky, but I agree completely, dude. They need to like the XFL is coming out this year, 2020, and you know I was reading over their ru- rules, and one of the rules is a video review will not take more than 30 seconds. They get 30 seconds maximum to view the play from all angles and come up with a decision on the court. And yeah. personally, personally, I, like I, I want to see that in every single sport. Like I, you don't need to, it, you know, it, it needs to be the, the prototypical, like if 30 bars, 30 guys in the bar can tell it's a catch, it's a catch, you know, or 30 guys in the bar can tell it's a drop, it's a drop. You know, it, it needs to be something that if you can't decide what it is with 30, within 30 seconds, then you need to keep it how it, how it stands, which yeah. I, I totally agree with. I, I totally agree with getting it right and looking it back. But if it's not that clear cut, come on. Like you're, you're wasting time in the game. That was five minutes of a game that literally looked like it was probably almost over to begin with. You know, maybe, maybe Texas Tech could have came down the floor, hit a three, three, and then we had a game going. But at the same time, it Texas is what Tech it was is. Awful from three yesterday. Every time they shot it up, everyone in my house was screaming like, "No, don't shoot that!" And when they make it, everyone would be so shocked. They were terrible from three last night. Um, that's why you know. I mean, maybe that's just me and like what I, what I like to see. Uh, you you definitely uh, called me out there a little bit. Something about like how I like to see Zion or fucking social media, whatever. Go fuck yourself. But um, I definitely think uh, the game could have been much better with different opponents last night. I mean, granted, uh, it was two very defensive teams, so that could have definitely contributed to it. But, um, yeah, I, I, you definitely won't see too much media coverage on this. It's, it's just the way she goes. But, all right, that's enough for me, Dinger. Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap it up tonight? You know, we've been – I've been asking the viewers for so long, for so long, send us your shitty relationship advice. Ask us questions. How to pick up the girl from your math class that you've been eye-fucking the past fucking three weeks. Ask us questions if you think your girlfriend or your boyfriend is cheating on you. We are here to help. We will be debuting a episode once we get the appropriate DMs called Shitty Relationship Advice with a few special guests. Just be on the lookout for it. It'll just sneak up out of you of nowhere. I'm not going to say it's next week. I'm not going to say it's two weeks from now. You know, we want to surprise you guys with this. We like to do certain special things all the time. Like, like we, we, we try to be as innovative and creative as possible with this podcast and do different things with it. So um, we, we're excited to bring this to you guys. So other than that, Jack, I have no final thoughts. Thank you. Thank you, Dana. No and, that is, and that is very true. That is very true. We, we love the fan interaction, the listener interaction. Uh, hit us up. Um, all right, that's about wraps it up for me. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Matt, again for coming on tonight. Dinger, this was yeah, awesome. Thanks, guys. This, is, this is totally on call for. Peace right. out. Peace.